הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שבדורנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש שמשבר ארץ המה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נועם נחל נובע מקור החומה רבנו נחל מפגם את שמחה. נענח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו והכל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם We left off on section 8 in Torah Zayin of Dikut Amor Antinyana. That's where we will start and we will go all the way up until section 9, Bezrat Hashem. We just talked about the idea that the tzaddik needs to have the koach and needs to have the, the aspect of what we call kol. Kol being this ability to unite the heaven and the earth, meaning those who dwell in the heaven, those people who are running spiritually, those people who, who think they are high already. He needs to show them that they are far from God's glory. glory. And to those who are in the earth and those who feel as if they're about to give up, he needs to show them that God is with them. And this is the koach of this tzaddik. Rabbanu says also that this wise man of the generation, this tzaddik, he needs to know which transcendent intellects to draw down, to internalize, and which ones not to. And because of this, there are many things. There are things that sometimes it's the tzaddik, the chacham, does not have permission to reveal to, before students. So the reason being why sometimes the tzaddik cannot reveal certain things before students is because if you were to reveal them, as we saw above, once the tzaddik and once you share something with your friend, you bring down, you empty your mind, and once you empty your mind, those transcendent intellects which were not allowed in the chambers of your mind now enter because your mind is empty and you allow the space for it to enter. So if the tzaddik reveals something to his students, then he brings in that makif, which actually might not be allowed to bring in. So Rabban was saying that there are some things that you cannot reveal before your students. And um, because if you do so, then you might bring in that thing which is not permissible to bring in. Uh, you cannot accept those transcendent intellects. You have to leave them up there. For example, a parable. When the Rav speaks with a student and he, he starts giving them some sort of a pshat, some sort of simple idea in Gemara, in the Talmud, in the explanation, in the commentaries of the Talmud, in Tosfot. And within, while he's explaining this to the students, he gets to some sort of question. He arrives at a question and that question that tzaddik did not know at the beginning because it was a makif etzlo. Um, meaning that tzaddik, that Rav, when he's explaining this idea, he arrives at this question and that question he does not actually understand. He did not know the answer to it because this is a makif for him. Because he did not know it at the beginning. And as soon as the difficulty comes to mind, this question, he explains it to his students, meaning the second the question arises in his head, he explains the question to his students. And as he's explaining it, as he's explaining this difficulty, 
that arises within that explanation he's giving. Meaning, as he's explaining the Gemara, he falls on a question, and he did not know this question beforehand. And as he's explaining the question to his students, immediately, his mind receives the answer to the question. Why is this happening? Because the second he reveals the question, he's explaining this idea in Gemara or in Perush or Tosfot to his students. As we just explained, the second he reveals this data to his students, he empties his mind and he attains that makif, meaning that makif, which was initially a question for him, becomes the answer. Meaning he attained the, the answer to that question because now he internalized the question. And now that question is no longer transcendent, it's internal. So he, now he gives the he knows the answer to the question. And then now he gives the answer to the student. But however, when he reveals the answer to that question before the student, then another makif enters. Why? Because there always has to be a new surrounding intellect. You cannot only have internal intellect. You also have to have surrounding. So by default of drawing in that surrounding intellect within inside the, the chambers of the mind, now a new transcendent intellect arises. And now through that intellect which had just arrived to this person, meaning that intellect which this person is receiving now because he had emptied his mind and um, given his data over to a student. So that new intellect which had come to this person, which is the answer to that question he had, um, it actually restores the original question <laughs> meaning what meaning now on the contrary instead of answering the question you're actually making the question even stronger because you thought that or by sharing with the student this question you have the answer you, you receive the answer because you emptied your mind and now that makif which was that transcendent intellect, that which you did not understand, which was the answer to that question, now becomes understandable. So you have the answer. But the mistake this Rav made was to give the answer instead of not sharing it. So what what happened as a result of this? Or and he shouldn't have shared the question in the first place. So what's the, what's the issue? He now, by sharing the answer, and now a new makif arises. And that new makif, that new transcendent intellect, is actually an even bigger question. So now what happens? The question is even wider and stronger than beforehand. Therefore, by revealing the answer to the student, what was the problem with this? That by doing this, you drew in a new, a new transcendent intellect. A new, a new concept. The question returned back to its place with greater force. Because now the question is even stronger and even bigger than beforehand. And now Rabban was explaining that analogy is true with regard to the perceptions. There are things that are forbidden to reveal. Because if you reveal that answer before the student, a new transcendent intellect will arise. And now that new transcendent intellect will <laughs> create an even stronger question, an even wider question than beforehand. Until literally you're able to enter perceptions and hasagot. Uh, you're able to perceive makifim, intellects, uh, transcendent intellects, which are above time. That the zman, the time is not sufficient. It's not able to explain the answers to that question because by default um, you are under the realm of time 
But the second your mind enters that place, which is not, um, the second that your mind enters that place, which is above time, because you are under the realm of time and space, etc., you're not able to answer that question, which stems from a, a place above time and space and above what we just talked about. It comes from this concept of Ormaba. Because anytime you reveal any intellect, whether it's a question or an answer, a new intellect arises, as we just explained, which becomes transcendent for you. Therefore, if a person is not careful with his words, to, um, to be precise in what things to reveal and what things not to, what happens? Uh, by doing so, you enter questions and answers which physical time cannot even explain. You cannot explain it under this physical realm. Because they are transcendent. Because they are above time. Therefore the Chacham, the Tzadik, is, has to do a fence to his words. He has to create a fence around his words. To be precise, to be careful. That to, what to reveal and what not to. In order that he should attain only those transcendent intellects which he needs to. And not to arrive to transcendent intellects which he should not attain because of the fact that he would not be able to answer them or to explain them, etc. This is what the Chachamim say in the Gemara Menachot. When Moshe Rabbeinu ascended up on high, he saw God tying crowns to the letters. Amagnos, he said to God, Ribono Shalom, Ribono Shalom, Master of the Universe, who compels this of you? Amaglo, so God responded to Moshe Rabbeinu, in the future one person will get up, and this is Rabbi Akiva, Akiva ben Yosef is his name, that upon every single crown of the letters of the Torah, he will create countless, countless halachot on it. Countless laws of Torah, he will, he will, um, Expound upon each and every crown. Amarlo. So what did he say to What did Moshe Rabbeinu respond back to God? It is fitting that you give the Torah to him then. Amarlo. And what did God respond? Be quiet. This is the way it arose up in my thought. This is the Gemara. Now Rabbeinu is going to explain. This awesome Gemara. This very deep Gemara. Um, under the ideas we mentioned above. Velich Ora. At first glance, Kashi, it's difficult, this entire Gemara. Why did God tell him to be quiet? Didn't Moshe Rabbeinu already ask the question? So why would he tell him to be quiet? Meaning the questioner was already asked. Meaning, God said be quiet to a response Moshe Rabbeinu gave. But he should have said be quiet to the question. So, so what is this idea of God telling Moshe Rabbeinu to be silent after the fact he already asked the question? The second Moshe asked the question, immediately his intellect received the answer to the question. As we saw above in the parable, but if Moshe Rabbeinu were to give the answer to the question as we saw above, as we saw above in the parable, that when the that when the tzaddik is explaining the gemara pshat, and then he arises at the question which he didn't initially did not know, 
And by the fact that he's sharing these teachings, he arrives at the answer. If he were to share the answer, then what we just get to the same problem that we mentioned above. Meaning he, it creates an even bigger question. Because a new Makif enters. So, Moshe Rabbeinu under, so Hashem understood this, obviously. Hashem is the one who created this idea. <laughs> if, however, if Moshe Rabbeinu would reveal the answer, Moshe would have another Makif, an even higher Makif, an even higher transcendent intellect. And he would arrive at an even greater, stronger question than the beginning. Therefore, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, be quiet over the answer. Meaning, be quiet, do not reveal the answer. So that you do not even arrive at an even bigger question. And this is what it says, This is why Hashem follows with the what? This is the way it arose in thought. Meaning, the second you reveal that inner intellect. Because the second Moshe Rabbeinu revealed um, that inner intellect were to reveal that inner intellect, then a new intellect, were to, a new transcendent intellect, were to arise. Because a transcendent intellect would enter inside, and then a new transcendent would become the transcendent would become internal, and then God would bring down a new transcendent intellect. So, had Moshe Rabbeinu answer the question, it would create an even bigger one. Um, because this makif this new makif would arise and enter and become um, surrounding and that new makif would even be a bigger question and therefore Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu um, to be quiet in order that he should not arrive to these transcendent intellects which are not necessary to, to perceive or understand and this is why it says over there in the Gemara, Be quiet, this is the way it arose in thought. As we saw above. Look at the asterisks over there. What is it saying? Moshe was higher than the Machshava, than the thought right now. Therefore he knew the answer. Because he knew the secret of the crowns of the letters. And these... Um, Words are enigmatic, they're sealed. Because Rabbeinu did not reveal much more about what he just explained. This asterisk was something Rabbeinu explained. Um, um, because we don't, know, we don't explain why Moshe Rabbeinu received the answer to the question. But, uh, Moshe, um, but uh, Rabbeinu was explaining in this idea that Moshe was above thought. And uh, he knew the answer already. He knew the answer the second he asked the question. He knew the answer. Um, because Moshe Rabbeinu attained these mysteries of the Torah, the crowns of the Torah. Nonetheless, this stuff is very deep. We move on. For those who don't understand, because um, that, what Rabbeinu just explained right there, is very deep. Um, and Rabbeinu did not go very deeply into the explanation over there. And this is an explanation of what we say in Pekavot. Be deliberate in judgment. Produce many students. And create a fence to the Torah. Rabbeinu is going to connect all these things. Be deliberate in judgment. Meaning this 
wise man above that we mentioned above. He needs to be deliberative. Meaning he needs to be deliberate in the way he speaks. That before those who are dwelling up above, meaning those spiritual people, he needs to show them this perception of ma, of what? Meaning, what did you see? What did you investigate? Meaning, you have a long way to go. And before those who are on the lower levels, he needs to show them this perception of that God's glory fills the entire earth. And this represents judgment, which is this concept of mishpat justice. Because God judges. He lowers one, and he raises one. What does this mean that being shofet, being a judge, requires lowering and raising? Meaning that the tzaddik needs to lower those who are high, to show them that they know nothing of God's knowledge. The lower one, to those who dwell in the dust, he needs to raise them, to raise them up, to wake them up, so that they do not give up. Because God's earth, is, God's glory fills the entire earth as we saw above. That's what it means, God judges. What is this idea of judgment? To raise and to lower. To raise the one who's low and to lower the one who's high. This is a tzaddik. And that, that's what din, that's what mishpat is. God judges. This is God, God's din. This is God's din. So we see that heaven with din, be deliberate in judgment, is this act that Sadiq needs to do, this strength that he needs to do, to raise the low and to lower the high. Um, uh, and this is what it says. The second aspect of what is brought in Pirkei Avot. Um, Produce many students. Because when you merit this perception of what we talked about above, to illuminate the higher ones and the lower ones with that perception, as we saw above, it's certain that he will produce many students because everyone needs him. Because he has the strength to study, to teach every single person, no matter high or low. Make a siag to the Torah. Make a fence to the Torah. What did that mean? Pekinat siag lechokma shtika. As Badam Pekia Avot, chapter 3, siag lechokma, fence for wisdom, shtika, silence. Meaning what? What did we say above? That to be, to, to guard your wisdom, you need to be silent, just like Moshe Rabbeinu was silent. Meaning not to perceive those questions, not to even create bigger questions as we saw above. Because the tzaddik needs to create a fence for his words, not to share too many things. To be quiet sometimes. In the aspect of what is brought down in the Gemara, Menachot, page 29b, as Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu over there, be quiet. This is the way it arose in thought. Meaning what? Meaning, be quiet. Do not allow a new thought, a new makif to, to, to come down to create an even bigger question. Because by means of producing many students, through this, he's able to attain awesome, lofty perceptions, those transcendent intellects. He's able to internalize them. Because he's able to attain, to perceive that which he had not initially perceived. Therefore, the tzaddik cannot always do this. He needs to be quiet sometimes and he needs to create a fence for his words. Okay, this should, meaning not to speak to, not to share too many things to the students because if he shares constantly, he's constantly making makifim into primi. So he needs to be careful with it for this. 
In order that he should not enter those makifim, those transcendent intellects which are above time. Because time is not, is not able, it doesn't have the sufficient capability to explain the questions to those answers that are over there in that place. And these two aspects of meaning to, per, to bring the perception of, um, of, of what, which is the idea that you know nothing to those who are high, and to bring the perception of that God fills the entire earth to those who are low. This represents the perception of a student and the perception of the Talmud. As we saw the opinion above, that what does it mean to have a khalifa, to have a replacement? It's either a son or a student. And Rabbeinu said there's one idea. Meaning, even though the son and the student are one, as we saw above, that the son is like the student and the student is like the son. And why the student like the son? Because we said above that if you teach someone and you make him your student, he, it becomes as if you made him, meaning it becomes as if he's, he's your child. So even though they are one, even though they are one, there's still a difference between them. Because the son who's also a student is greater in level than just a student alone. Because the son himself is drawn entirely from the, son, from the father. His head up until his feet is created by his father. And there's not one hair upon the sun that is not drawn from the brain of the father. Meaning that drop of the father emitted during conception is the, is, became the entire manifestation of the sun. Meaning the sun is entirely the father. Therefore the perception of the sun is even greater than the perception of um, of the student. And this is the essential difference between the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu and the prophecy of all the other prophets. Because Moshe saw with a clear glass and the other prophets saw with a glass that was not clear. Page 49b. Because this is the essential difference between the perception of those who dwell above and those who dwell below, ben the ben is the one up above, and the one is lower below, and tamid is the, the one below. Because Moshe, Moshe had attained the level of what is brought down in Shemot chapter 33. God says, No man shall see me and live. Moshe had attained that. This is the perception of ma, of what? What have you seen? What have you inquired? It's such a way we discovered. This is the perception of those who are running spiritually close to Hashem. This is the sun. The aspect of the sun. Moshe had attained that level. So Moshe had to constantly reinforce himself with humility because he had attained such a high level where he was close to God. Who is at a lower level than Moshe Rabbeinu. It says about Yeshaya that he says, I beheld Hashem. This is the perception of those who dwell below. The aspect of the student. That you need to illuminate within the person who is lower the idea that God is, God's earth fills the entire... Um, God's glory fills the entire earth. 
So what's the beauty that Rabbeinu is teaching us? Look at the verses. Look at how beautiful it is. That Moshe, it's brought down in the Torah, that no man shall see me and live. Meaning, for Moshe Rabbeinu, he never saw God. Because he was always running closer and closer. He was always running, running, until the point where he would want to attain that. Meaning, Moshe was at such a high level, but he always knew there was more. So he was always making himself humble and teaching himself that there was always more to go. So he never saw Hashem. But Yeshayahu was at the lower level than Moshe Rabbeinu, who saw with the frosted glass. That his prophecy wasn't with clear glass, it was with frosty glass. It said about Yeshayahu that he beheld Hashem, that he saw God. Meaning what? That he, because he was on the lower level, he needed to reinforce himself with the idea that what? God's earth, glory fills the entire earth. That God was close to him. Therefore, he was able to see him. Because even though Yeshaya knew there was a perception of Ma, knew there was a perception of Moshe Rabbeinu, what we talked about. Nonetheless, he said, according to his own level, he was behaving according to where he was at. He was speaking according to the level which he was at, which was what? That he had to be reinforced with the knowledge that God's glory filled the entire earth. And this is why he said, I beheld Hashem. We see that the son and the student, Rabbein, in the most awesome fashion, just proved to us how this the son represents Daremala, those who dwell up above, and the student represents those who dwell down below. Because we see that um, for those who dwell up above, it's the perception of Ma. As it brought down, as we saw in the Zohar Kadosh, which is the idea of where is the glory of Hashem, the place of God's glory, meaning that you're always looking for it, meaning that God should, that Hashem says, no man shall see me. This is the aspect of a student, uh, sorry, of the son, the son, meaning the perception of the, the perception that a person needs to have when he's running. But the perception of one who, of the idea that the entire uh, earth is filled with God's uh, honor. Which is the perception of Yeshaya, who said, I beheld Hashem. This represents the perception of the students, the perception of those who dwell down below. Because the son who is drawn entirely from the, from the mind of the father, therefore he merits the perception of his father literally. Who is the aspect of Ma? Meaning, this uh, son, he attains that perception of what we're talking about, Ma. Because he's drawn entirely from the father. Um, because he's attained the perception of the Rabbi, the Chacham of the generation, the Rav of the generation. But the Talmud only receives from this perception of those who dwell down below. Which is what we mentioned above, the perception that God's glory fills the entire earth to reinforce himself in a low place. That's it for today. And we continue next podcast with Ratajama section 9 of this most amazing Torah.